and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice, our 100th episode. Woo! Yeah. Come with a frog, waiting in his arm, happiness. Woo! Um, guys, welcome to our 100th episode where we're going to be celebrating drinking, I think. What we're gonna drink. Do. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Let's drink to that already. Yay. Wait, Xander said it was yawning. I wasn't yawning. I was cheering soundlessly. Soundlessly. Dancing. You can chant. You can dance if you want to. And leave your friends behind. Oh, you guys were listening to the music, and John and I were totally rocking out, but nobody gets to see that. <laughs> so, uh, it is our 100th episode. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about. Cassie's going to give a review of Game Ocon. I'm going to talk a little bit about Warfare Weekend. And we're going to talk about. That also uh, really is loud enough for all of us. Oh, my thing for. Hold on, I need to step away here. And then we're also going to talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol because it just came out and is the new hotness um, type thing. So, before we do that, uh, we need to do a good thank you out to all of our sponsors. We want to thank Tectonic Crest Studios uh, for giving us stuff, for promoting us and helping us out. We also want to thank um, Danica Studios for helping us sell some of our products and hanging out with us. And, of course, a big shout-out to Muse on Minis for hosting us and helping us get our word out there even more. Uh, pay attention to them a little bit more. You may hear some really cool information coming out. Um, and we also want to thank everybody here. Everybody that listens, watches, donates, subscribes on all of our platforms. Um, we appreciate it more than you know. Um, and before we do that, John, do we have any tributes that we need to do today? Not that I know, but I had been paying attention a lot. I haven't seen anything either, uh, just no, to come off on that. Which is good. It's good. Um, did Kathy come back yet? There she is. All right. So, Kathy, what are you drinking today on our 100th episode? Uh, I'm drinking gin with a little of this, uh, cranberry ginger ale, which I guess is a seasonal flavor. So... Oh. Is it like cranberry sprite? I saw lots of commercials for that during the movie. Oh yeah. John, mm. what are you drinking today? Uh, I have uh, the last of my Barks root beer, which is partially flat, and uh, some Kraken. Okay. Um, I'm finishing off the last bit of my Imperial Grind Coffee Stout by Mothers. Um, really, really good beer. Um, to all of our friends, all of our family. Everybody that listens, everybody that watches, everybody that donates, everybody that does anything that helps us out, here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Damn, that's good. I do have to say, I um, I did come back with a bottle of uh, Sword of Leash from Warfare Weekend. Oh, so that'll be uh, That'll be drink quite a bit. Uh, for everybody watching, thank you for joining us for our 100th episode. Uh, I'm going to go switch over because I wanted to pull up, and I'm going to do a little bit of painting. You know, a rarity. The Gonzo actually pulls out paints. Let's see how this looks. Oh, I think more rare is John pulling out paints. Oh, yeah, that's even more rare. I need to that's fix true. that one camera. That one camera does not want to go widescreen. I'll have to figure out what that is. Hey. Well, I am going to paint up Hulk. Um... Quick review on this model before we get started. That way I can start painting. Matches. 
this model went together really well. Uh, the Hulk? Yeah, it did. Um, really neat. Good seams on it. Um, I'm not, you know, patching the holes or anything like that. Not really worried about it. I'm just, you know, doing what I normally do. Um, but I didn't do any gap filling. It went together really nice. I could have probably worked it a little bit more and got where, you know, there's less gaps or filling the gaps. But, ah, fuck it. I'm not putting this as a showpiece. I don't care. I just want to paint it up, put it on the board, and have him smash people. Um, pieces. That's what Hulk does. Uh, let's see. The pieces. Hands are one piece. Uh, arms are two pieces. Uh, chest is two piece. The head, I believe, is two pieces. Um, his legs are two separate pieces uh, to go around his waist with his pants. And then, his, and then the bottom part uh, of his legs are two separate pieces. Uh, it all went together really well. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of it I didn't even, you know, I would like the chest piece. When I put it together to test fit it, I was like, uh, do I really, really, really need to glue this? And I did anyway, but it was like really tight type thing. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, I had a little problem with Captain Marvel's chest not going together well, but I found that just... Prying it a little bit, then pushing it back together made it work. So keep yeah. working with those. Get a little bit of gap. I, I tend to find they clear out pretty well. Yeah, eventually it came out and it was okay. It was just like there was a bunch of <clears throat> it was just getting it through, and it, you need to really dry fit these models before you do anything. Yes, <clears throat> especially uh, like the legs on oh. some of them. Oh man. Yeah, you definitely want to. Uh, test fit everything uh, beforehand, especially because you don't know what angle the arm is going to go in until you really, you know, you really put dry it fit it. Yeah, and, and definitely read the instructions all the way through, but don't necessarily follow them in order because I find that a lot of these guys are easier to put them on their base or get them stable before starting to do shit like putting on arms that are going to fall over and fall off or shit. See, and I didn't have any problem. Uh, so, John used plastic glue. I used super glue. That's that's one main difference between us, what, how we assembled our things. But I didn't have a problem with my guys falling apart at all. I didn't and either, I did it. that's because I went that extra step and went, no, I, no, followed, I, the, uh, I followed the instructions, like, in order. And I didn't have a problem with anything being weird. It seemed like... Okay, assemble the arms here. Great. Now they have a chance to dry while I'm assembling these other parts and everything. And it all worked fine, and I was able to glue them onto the bases with no problem. So I guess it's just preference. Yeah, I think Ultron and Doc Ock are the big ones, and then probably Captain Marvel when I finish her, where it's <laughs> like, you should probably have them on bases, or at least Ultron on his tactical debris before you start putting the arms on because it gives them more stable platform to sit on. Mm -hmm. It's easier to let them dry that way, whether you're using super glue, whether you're using plastic glue, whatever. Yeah. Give them a chance to dry properly by doing that. So you're going to set them and go on to the next model. I'll be assembling Doc Ock tomorrow. <laughs> well, um, I have a case with me, so this is as far as I got. Putting them on the base, I, got, I want someone else. I got six guys done today. So. I got everything put together. I did have to do a part replacement because I had no tops of my um, bugs or cars. Uh, I had the widgets underneath the plastic, but I had no top of the cars. 
Um, did you look underneath the? Uh, yep, I even the looked underneath the cardboard in the box. I know. I did. I did find my. I was like, "Where's my measuring things?" Yeah. And uh, I couldn't find them in the box, and then I pulled the whole cardboard piece out, and they were underneath. Yeah, now, I, I've seen oh. that's a pretty common one, <laughs> but I was like, "Okay," so I looked underneath there, and all I had was the measuring widgets. So I was oh, like, "Oh well, yeah, not a big deal. I'll just." I, they already have a parts order up, ready and going, so it's not that yeah. big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and, and how many thousands and thousands and thousands of boxes do they send out? There's going to be issues. Is it a sure. big one? No. Am I going to cry over it? No. Are they going to get me the parts needed? Yes. Wait, there's Groot? Oh, yeah. Rocket, Rocket in the same Gr box. Captain Mizzy just said I want it to be February so I can get Groot. Yeah. Groot and Rocket are in a box together. Gamora and Nebula, Nebula are together, and then what's his face is by himself, I believe. No, actually, Drax is with him. He's just standing very, very still. Now, does he have the bigger base or just the regular base? Who, Hulk or Groot? Drax. Uh, he's standing very, very still. I can't tell. Oh. So I can't see him because <laughs> he's invisible because he's standing so still. Yeah, I believe Star-Lord is by himself. We don't know. Yes, actually by himself. That's a joke we're making on Twitter, though, because everyone's like, there's no Drax. Someone's like, no, he's there. He's just standing really, really still. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll give you a pass, because that is a callback to the movie. Um, I'm going to paint with a the contrast warp lightning for his green. Ooh. And stuff. So we'll see how that does. That was a Are better you going to paint him light yellow first? No. Don't harsh my gig. Okay. I'll leave, I'll leave the cool stuff to the cool painters. All right, Kathy? I'll be honest. It's pretty telling when the painter asks you, are you going to do something and you say no? Because I would be like, of course I am. No. It's like it's like in uh, the Great British Baking baking Show. You know, when, uh, when oh, what's his face? When he comes up to you, Paul Hollywood, and he goes... So, are you going to use this kind of flour? And you're like, no. And he's like, <laughs> so you expect the other commentators going, "Ooh, bold move, Cotton. Let's see if that plays out." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I am not. I'm just going to use the straight, and then if I need to do some That's highlights, fine. that's fine. So, Kathy, how was Gamehole Con? Since you were there, it was fucking awesome. I loved it. I had so much fun. So, but first I wanted to, to just sort of just mention Dragonfall, which is the convention that I was at the week before GameholeCon. Mm -hmm. And that was a local one. It was very small. It was in a small venue, and the venue was old and decrepit. As in, the, the painting classes were downstairs in it and there was a thunderstorm and the carpet got soggy oh my like how many people and are we talking about we're talking about it was smaller than little wars which is our local historicals convention in april mm -hmm. small like 200 100 like yeah maybe 300 maybe maybe if i'm charitable uh wasn't super organized 
They don't uh, do much to advertise that convention, no. not locally or in any other way, it seems like. So, was it a good so that's convention? That one. Huh? Was it good though, or was it just meh? There wasn't, an, there really wasn't enough there to to give a review. Yeah, but GameholeCon, on the other hand, we we spend the weekend staying at our friend's house out in Deerfield, Wisconsin, which is about a half an hour from downtown Madison, and. Uh, and it's always fun to see them, but it was deer hunting season. So, I mean, you could hear the off in the distance, bang, 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 bang. You just hear it, bang, bang. I get up in the morning, I can hear it. I know what's going on. There's like cars just randomly parked by the sides of these rural roads as I'm driving into their house and I go, oh, it must be deer season, you know? Because I'm from Minnesota. We know these things. And uh, so Saturday morning, we get to the convention, and Kathy sends me a message. You send yourself a and, message? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my friend I'm staying with is also Kathy. <laughs> As it turns out, we're the two Kathys. You've known each other forever. Um, so she sends me a message, and she ran into a deer on her way into work Saturday morning. Oh. Totaled the car. Uh, yeah, totaled the, the whole front. Of, she had a Kia Soul as well. And uh, totally wrecked it. And she left at the same time we did to go into Madison. And this deer didn't just go across the road. It came walking down down the center of the road towards her car. So like play chicken. Running. Da yeah, basically played chicken with her car. And she's like, I don't think I can slow down fast enough. She's like, I, I will put the brakes on and hope for the best. And that's all you can do in that situation. And she's like, this deer is not turning away. You know, there's nothing I can do. It's basically coming right towards me. And, you know... I imagined it was all these hunters that were sort of driving deer, you know, mm -hmm. rousing them up at, at weird times of the day instead of their normal time of day, uh, which is dawn and dusk usually. But, yeah, that easily could have been me, and I was very happy that it wasn't. So, and also there was this snowstorms while we were there so our driving in from the rural wisconsin into madison <laughs> was fraught with adventure as well in addition to deer uh not that that has anything to do with the actual convention but it was also the convention was earlier than it usually is usually it's the first full weekend in november but this year it was earlier and leaked into October. So Thursday of the convention, it's a four-day convention, uh, was Halloween. And they had all these kids, they like invited kids in to trick-or-treat through the dealer's room mm -hmm. for all the dealers and all the, you know, the booths that were in the hallway of people who had podcasts and the, the paint and take and all this stuff. And so... 
all these kids in costume were coming around on Thursday and, uh, and you know, trick-or-treating. So that was cool. Okay. But it was funny because it was like, well, there's so many kids here and everybody's in costume because it's a convention. So it doesn't look unusual <laughs> at all. It wasn't like, out of place. Yeah. There's just extra kids. Mm. But the, uh, so I met my friend Jack, who I play D&D with every Monday night. Him and uh, his friend Peter, they always, you know, go to these conventions. They go to Gen Con every year. Like, since the beginning of Gen Con, they've been going and used to do uh, judging for the D&D tournaments at Gen Con. They, you know, and, uh... I didn't even know there was a such thing as a D&D tournament, let alone how it worked or anything. I didn't know I that. I was... don't know how you would do that. It's not a game anyone wins. We all win by playing together. It's a, Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing where you have a team of people and you enter this tournament and they have judges. They have a judge at each table who's basically your DM and every table is being run through the same adventure. And you get scored based on uh, so the things that you do and the treasure that you have and whether people die or not and whether you actually make it all the way to the end in this certain amount of time and stuff. And I'm like, holy, I had no idea that there was a such thing that goes on, but apparently that has been happening at Gen Con yep. for Very years. Much. Us Americans, we can make anything competitive. Yeah, apparently so. Um, so, but yeah, they used to, they don't do it anymore, but they used to do, be table judges at these tournaments. And, and I'm like, well, now it makes so much sense when Jack is on a Monday night where we're just having a leisurely game of D&D &D, and he's just like, come on, come on, come on. Let's just, let's go. Let's go. Fog of war, fog of war. Let's just go. Let's keep going. <laughs> fog of war. And I'm like, relax, Jack. He fortunately he sits right next to me on my left, so I can punch him when he does that. But uh, but now I understand more, you know, about why he you know approaches the game in that way. Because he's been in, and even at at these conventions, because he goes to conventions now, and he will just load up his schedule completely with just signing up for random role-playing games oh yeah and i got to i got to know that at uh game hole con this year because i tagged along with him and peter to all their crazy role-playing game adventures almost all of them i went to this year and we played, I don't think any one of them was Dungeons and Dragons. There was one that was a fantasy one, but I think it was in a fate uh, world. Like he was using the fate mechanic, not fate, not fate. What's the other one? Savage Worlds? Savage Worlds. Yep. Yeah. Savage Worlds. And uh... I had never played the Savage Worlds stuff, so I didn't know, I don't know how the, the mechanics were working. It took me a little bit to get used to it, but, you know, it was just fantasy whatever and i was a barbarian they just handed me this character i came in late and they're like sit down sit down pull up a chair and this guy just handed me a character and it was a barbarian so i'm like okay cool 
And, uh, and, and that was my entire weekend was once again playing role-playing games with strangers. I mean, sounds like a hard life. Yeah, it was amazing. I had so much fun. And that's what Gamehole Con seems to be about mostly. There are areas where they play board games. And there is a dedicated room where people are playing tabletop war games. You know, like Flames War. And my friend Dave runs the uh, Gamma Worlds uh, Starship Battle thing. And uh, so there's a room for, for tabletop war gaming. But... Most of it is uh, just doing all these role-playing games. And, you know, and Jack is like, I don't even know what I signed up for. I just signed up for a bunch of stuff that was open. So Thursday I get there and he's like, we're in this room. He texts me. We're in this room. And Jack is like 80. Not <laughs> exaggerating. He's, he's like 80. He's about to have a hip replacement. Um... And he, he texts me, and he's like, we're in this room. You know, come on. Come join us. So I get there, and and this guy hands me a character. And this is basically my entire weekend. I get to some place. I have no idea what game I'm playing. Somebody hands me a character. <laughs> and, uh, and this one was a, a supernatural sort of Cthulhu kind of thing. Um, but it took place during the Vietnam War. So everybody was. We were all American soldiers. And we were in Vietnam. And there was some village that had some shit going on. And somebody was summoning something. <clears throat> and we had to... We failed. We, we actually all died, you know, because Cthulhu. <laughs> TPKs are much more likely in a in a, a convention. <laughs> yeah, which is so, okay because you're you're not worried about it and you ain't got to make new stuff. No, you're just like, oh, you're was, done, you're dead. We're we and we just were having fun and there was everybody in this particular game was very enthusiastic, which was really fun to see. You know, I didn't know what was going on. I just was thrust into this role and I didn't know what because they had already been playing for like an hour or so before I came along. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but sure, I'll play along. I'm the medic. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jack's the lieutenant. He's like the, you know, commander of our little unit. And uh, anytime I wanted to charge in and, like, shoot something, he's like, no, no, hang back. You're the medic. You're not going to get into all of this, you know, combat stuff and I'm like alright <laughs> you're like damn it I want to shoot shit but so we played I got to play my first game of Empire of the Petal Throne Never which was that. awesome what's that and that was uh, originally another old TSR game put out right after D&D &D. apparently never heard of it and yeah, it's it's it was a lot of fun looking at Empire of the Petal Throne. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I played two different games of sh uh, Sixth Edition Shadowrun, Ooh. which was very fun because in the '90s I played Shadowrun and I had a lot of fun with it. So 
I had a rigor for one of them, and I had no I, I had no memory of how you actually play this game. <laughs> I mean, it's like, pretty new, so depending on what changed, no one yeah, has much memory of that. The mechanics of it, I completely had no memory of it. People were like, all you need is a bunch of six-siders. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I mean, sounds like Shadowrun. Yep. Yeah. So, and and... The first game I played, the guy actually was from Catalyst Games and travels around the country, you know, cool. doing these things. And uh, and that was amazing. And then the, and he was really enthusiastic. And he was very much one of those people that just anytime you had a suggestion, he was like, "Yes, go for it," you know. Do it. It all sounds great. Do it. You know. Instead of being like, well, I don't think you could do that, or I don't think your character would do that. He was just very positive about every suggestion that everybody at the table had. Um, there was one guy in that game who was really kind of quiet, and anytime I had an idea, uh, he kind of would shoot it down until... He had an idea, and I was like, oh, man, I really like that. That's an awesome idea. We should do that. And then all of a sudden it was like he felt included maybe. Probably nervous or just shy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He reminded me of my brother, though. Not that my brother is shy about role-playing games, but, you know, it, it just – I think he just needed to hear that other people would be interested in his ideas and essentially when you're role playing with strangers you you really do need to try and be sure that everybody feels included yeah especially if there's if someone's got a little bit of uh social anxiety yeah. they want to be included so you're going to be like okay we need to do this and stuff so now i get you and sometimes you need to you need to step back so that people can take the uh, spotlight a little bit yeah Ooh. That's not nearly the one I thought it was, Gonzo. No, it's not as dark. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't... You need you a know, You know what? Just do the whole pants that color, and you can let it dry and do something else after. Or do it again. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's going to take a couple of washes with this. It's not... It like Layers. Layers. Like an onion. Sticky to make you crack. <laughs> I'll just do it. Okay. I love All right, my favorite line from the whole damn movie. Yes. A couple of layers of this. Yeah, a little too. It's a little too thin. The far back. Oh, so what was my other? So essentially, yeah. Essentially, I had a I had a really good time at GameholeCon, and I played the hell out of a shit ton of games with Jack and Peter. That's a pretty <laughs> good time. And Jack's very much a I just want to go in and kill everything and shoot stuff and and. And meanwhile, he's playing this little stupid game on his phone and not paying attention. I'm like, you probably don't want to go in and shoot things because here's what's actually going on in the game right now, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, dealing with uh, gaming with strangers and then dealing with uh, playing with my friend who's not paying attention to the game. So, but, yeah, it's... I absolutely recommend that people go to these conventions and sign up 
for random role-playing games, and Do it will be fun. Yeah, you'll meet people. Oh, yeah. We, we ran into people that that I met last year doing role-playing games who I had never knew before, and, and they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? And, uh, and, and so that was fun, too. It was awesome. <laughs> VH1 asked, why no Spider-Man? Why am I not painting Spider-Man? Because I wanted to paint Hulk first. Because he's painting Hulk. Because he's painting the strongest Avenger. Oh my god, Brian. I didn't even connect VH. I didn't connect those dots at all. (laughs) That's because you called him VH1. VHS 10. But he didn't used to be that. He he changed his... It's his hidden agenda. And now I'm... Now I'm all confused and everything. Thank you for thank you for telling me because I was totally clueless. Yeah, <laughs> right, well, I remember you. I remember you changing it, but I just didn't connect that. So proverbial dots. <laughs> but yeah, so so DHS is into uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol like the rest of us. Jumping on that thing. Jumping on that big so, old bandwagon. I just put together Spider-Man tonight, uh, just before the show. I put together Plaid Widow and Spider-Man and uh, Baron Zemos and What's-His-Face, the other guy, and that other one. And like six of them. I dig your names. What's his face? And the other Whatever. One. Like, yeah. It's like Teen Girl Squad from in Strong Bad. So and so. What's her face? All yeah, right. that's me. Going way I'm back in the uh, internet teen time. Girl oh, yeah. Yeah. I love me some Strong Bad. Some Homestar Runner. Yes. Oh. So I guess next Gonza wants to talk about some little con somewhere or something. Yes, talk about uh, now that I've wasted a half an hour on uh, Gamehole Con. Come and tell us about your experience at Warfare Weekend, Gonzo. Warfare Weekend was weird. I didn't get to do shit. I didn't get to play one single game. I think you did plenty of shit there, though. (laughs) I didn't have shit at every con I went to. Um, so this year, really the roughage. It helps. Yeah. Um, of course, I was running and you know part of the event and not playing in anything. I didn't get to play a single game, which is okay because that's you know what you got to do. Um, started off a little worrying because the main event hall that they usually that where all most of the games were played was not open for us to set up until like 6 o'clock at night the night before. And we usually get it at like <laughs> 3. Welcome to yeah. the world of conventions. <laughs> and so um, I was like, come on, when do we get this? When do we get this? So we can set up the main hall. Luckily, all the uh, other halls were open. So we got to get you know everything else set up, which was no big deal. Um, so we, we got a free play for area to people to get started in and... They could start playing in that area. Um, Kathy, I told Gonzo he sent a he posted a picture of the free play area as it was open, and one of my locals was there. I, I oh, thought it was hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, okay, that, of course. Of all the I'm sure people. he was also at Gamehole Con. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, it started off good. 
Um, we to tell you, we only had two major hiccups while we were there, um, which I thought was really good for us. Um, our program that we we're going to use to run the invitation or the last chance qualifier crashed after first round, so we just had to do you know 70, 80 manual. man manual. Um, became just a small issue. Not that it wasn't huge. It was just okay. Um, and then our printer broke, so we couldn't print off more stuff. Um, I had a laser printer that was really good, um, and just it just kept on crashing nonstop. So we were like, it broke. So we were like, uh, okay, someone has to go run and make copies. Go make copies for me, guys. Um, and so that happened. Um, tournaments went off really well. I thought it was interesting about... Like, Guild Ball only had about 20 to 22 people in it. That's uh, not bad, though. Not bad for Guild Ball. Uh, they were expecting a lot more, though. Um, <laughs> our Underworlds only had about eight, I think, eventually, it came down to. I mean, but this is, like, a first year. Correct, I yeah. know it used to be the, you know, you know. But it's essentially a first-year convention, so all that's really good for a first-year convention. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining. It was just trying to give people numbers. Uh, Judgment was the uh, newcomer of the year. Uh, of course, like I said, it's mostly War Machine and Hordes, but Judgment really picked up steam, and they sold a shit ton of miniatures. It sold oh, out all cool. over their starter boxes, sold out of their two-player stuff. They pretty much was the hit of the, 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 the new game of the con. Everybody was playing with it. Everybody was testing it. Um, also, the um, we had a couple people running demo games. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol was being demoed, which I thought was cool. Um, but um, our War Machine and Horde tournaments didn't kick off that well. Uh, everybody, like we always do, um, I didn't do a Champions event to start off the year, but people begged me for a Champions event. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you 32 spots. For a champion event, they're like, yay, uh, five people showed up. Um, and so they canceled it because they said they weren't going to play it unless it was the eight. Um, so that canceled. So I had a free row of tables. Uh, Champions like the card game? No, it, no. It's, a, it's a War Machine and Horse format. Oh, right, right. Um, I'm just making sure. No problem. And then we had, um, what was it? Um, the Young Bloods tournament, which didn't kick off uh, very well. Very few people were playing that. Uh, I think we only had like two. Um, then the alternate caster format didn't kick off. We only had like two or three that wanted to play that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get to reason why a lot of these War Machine and Horde tournaments didn't kick off. Um, which was okay. There wasn't anything wrong with that. But it makes us where I have to reevaluate what we're going to do next year. Because yeah. our scramble tables were fucking packed. There is something about going, and it, we we were talking to people about why they didn't go play, you know, this and this other tournament. Um, it came down to everybody played in the last chance qualifier. We had like 80 plus players to play that. And that's a two-day event. Um, so by day two, people are like, I don't want to play in a large tournament format. I want to go play mm -hmm. three games in a scramble be done, go drink a few beers with my friend, go shopping, do that, and then come back and maybe do it again, but with maybe yeah. a different game, uh, which I think is great because all we want people to do is play. That's all we want. Um, we had the scramble tables were constantly full. The Riot Quest and Monpot games were full uh, for the most part. They had a blast. 
Uh, it was really good to see Hungerford run Riot Quest. Uh, all of my players there were like, that's just fucking balls amazing to have a PP staff run a <laughs> tournament. Uh, Monbok, the same thing. Um, they were glad that Oz was running it because it was, you know, from him. Um, so it was good. Um, Dust only had like four people showed up, uh, signed up, but only one person showed. Uh, Wild West Exodus didn't have any. I had one person show up, so it was like very limited on the smaller games, which I, I felt really bad and kind of bummed out about because uh, I really wanted them to do good. But I guess that's just not big around the area. It, huh? It's hard to pull a show up for like what's ostensibly one small event for the game they play. Yeah. For that, um, for you know, for I mean, not that not that Warburton's expensive. It's not. But no. still, to go there and, and pay for it for one small event, it's a t- it's a hard sell. Yeah, um, but um, what else? That was pretty much all the games. But everybody was playing scrambles, and I mean everybody. I loved when I first read about the idea of the scrambles. I was like, that's something that I would be interested in. Just so informal. It yeah. just sounded more informal and inviting and fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, our Star Wars Legion had 23 players for our Grand Champion, which I thought was really low compared to, but Worlds just happened a month before that, so people are kind of burnt out. And then, uh, our X-Wing, we had almost 80, I think we had 83 players over two days, um, which I told was, that was not bad. Um, so... I've already, you know, started talking about other things and doing different stuff. But for the most part, everybody was super happy. Uh, all my War Machine players were pretty worried that, that the other games were going to overtake. And it wasn't going to feel like, you know, like it was last year. And I was says, well, it's going to feel different because we're adding new games. And it's going to feel a little, you know, a little strange. But you shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, super crazy. No. Uh, and you shouldn't feel like you're washed out and you're like second nature or you're just, you know, a peon type thing. And they all said that it felt really good. They all felt that it felt, you know, like last year. But because they didn't even notice all the other players. Uh, Judgment was right in the middle of all the War Machine players. Uh, and almost like I, I would say they had like t- almost 30 players at one point. And around <coughs> eight or nine of those were War Machine and Hordes players. So one of my biggest fears is that the cultural part of the gaming that, you know, judgment players wouldn't get along with War Machine and Horse players and X-Wing, you know, that people wouldn't get along because of different genres. And it worked out really well. We picked the right communities, I think, for everybody to mesh really well, which I think was really good Um, because they were like, I didn't see anything. There wasn't like this big, you know, click, if you want to put it that way. Uh, between players, it wasn't like the fight scene in Anchorman where the X-wing players are there with the <laughs> War Machine players. And the, well, and it's <laughs> yeah, it, it it all fit really well. Um, all all the players went really well. Our classes didn't fill out very well, uh, but it is our first year to do cl- paid classes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everybody that took the classes uh, really really enjoyed it, and they want more. Uh, they're like, this good, is actually what good. I want. Um, I, How did the uh, guys who ran the class do? Did, were they cool too? Uh, everybody was cool. Uh, we didn't have any issues. No painter was, you know, they all understood. They're like, yeah, this sucks that it's so low this year, but y'all are just starting out. Maybe next year it'll get bigger, you know, so on and so forth. Um, we're actually doing something a little bit different with the painters. I can't talk about it yet because um, we're working on the final deals with it. 
Um, but um, uh, I'm having a little help with the painting classes next year. That'll make it even bigger and better. Um, oh, better lighting in the hobby room, Xander says. Yeah, that's, yeah, always, always, a, that's always a thing. Yeah, we, we're, we're looking into that. The sad thing is, is there's no windows in there, per se, type thing that's going to help us. Uh, during the day, during the like the morning hours and stuff, they were okay. But as soon as it got darker, the light started to get of, worse. What kind of rooms is it in? Uh, it's just, like a big ballroom or something, or no, is it like meeting rooms? Meeting meeting rooms. But I think the fluorescents just weren't bright enough in a couple of in in one of the rooms because everybody else it was only one room. I think those that were the fluorescents were just going out or whatever they had. I can't remember. Um. We actually moved the hobby lounge out of the hallway and stuck it into a classroom that wasn't being used. Uh, that helped out. Um, and then what else? Um, the demo tables kind of got moved around. Uh, we did a little bit more organization on that. Um, but for the most part, all the teachers were happy. I mean, of course, they didn't make, you know, $80 million, but they were like, no, you've got a thing here. It just needs to be refined and people yeah. need to know more about it. Which I agree. That's the, that's the entire convention. It just, you know, I mean, and every year, every year is going to be just tweaking it a little bit yep. as you go. That's just how it is. But, you know, so as a first year convention, it sounds like it was pretty successful. Um, I, I got to meet, uh, which is funny because I was meeting people that would have, that never came to War Machine Weekend because it was just War Machine. Mm -hmm. um, but since we brought Judgment and all these other games in, I met uh, Rainer. Um, Rainer no, plays oh. Judgment, and I got to meet with him, and um, it was really cool to actually meet you know him and sit down and talk with him and just BS and have a good time. And he's like, "I can't wait till next year. Y'all run a good social gaming con, even though there's a huge tournament there, and it's you know it's it's kind of what usually everybody comes for." He says it was very much a good social relaxed, have a good time with your friends playing con. And I was like, that's what we're trying to strive for. We're not trying to be Adepticon. We're not trying to be Gen Con. We want you to come in, pay one fee, play as many games as you want, as many systems as you want, for as long as you want. Um, and just come and have a good time. So, it was it was good. Um, sales were good. We had a lot of people. I had to get on to one person because one person came in like we were worried about, one person came in and played in a tournament and didn't pay a table fee or didn't pay for a badge. I made him come and uh, pay for a badge. Um, I was like, you either pay for a badge or I have to kick you out. And he's like, I'll pay for a badge. And I'm like, good. At, at some point, I guess, if you're doing things like that, you want to yeah. be, be checking badges. Well, the thing is, is um, we have what's called Iron Arena. And every time you play a privateer press game, you get a certain amount of points. We put it in the system because you can use your points to buy, you know, things on the table. Prints, you know, dice, whatever. And um, this person, because you turn in all the sheets of who played in your tournament. Every TO had to turn in the sheets of who played. And so they were trying to put this person in the system and he wasn't on the attendance. And I'm like, all right, I'll go get him because it's obvious he did not buy a badge. Because we had everybody's name down that bought a badge. Yeah. Um, which is okay. Uh, we got it. And I then, mean, it's easy just to like, you know, be like, Hey, show me your badges, everybody here. Yeah. Here's my badge. But what else? Um, we did have a 
inebriated person come down. There was a Just wedding. One? Oh, oh well, let, let me finish. Um, <laughs> there was a, a wedding that happened, uh, not at the hotel, but they were staying ah. at the hotel. And this guy came down <laughs> drunk, sat in two rounds of werewolf, because werewolf is always played at our convention late at night. Um, and as we're finishing up, I'm, I'm cleaning up the main event hall. He comes down and sits down at one of our tables and eats an entire bag of chips that someone had brought from Canada. Um, started arguing with a bunch of our patrons and tried to fight some of our five biggest guys we have there. Um, we eventually had to escort him up to his room. We had to actually call security. Um, because he tried to come down a couple of more times and he was just, this guy was just way too drunk. Um, but that would have been my very first thing to do is call security. I, then I have no patience for people being assholes. No, as soon as it happened, I tried to call security from the phone line that was down there and it wasn't working. So I had to run upstairs, run to the police officer that was standing up there and get him. But as soon as it started, I'm like, boom, going and get him. Um, but the police officer was like, just taking his sweet old time, didn't care. And I was like, dude, this guy's going to get his ass beat if he does a single thing. I mean, he's yeah, picking on, he, he was trying to fight. I mean, the guys that are like, you know, six foot seven, 400 pound, you know, War Machine and Hordes players. I'm like, and this guy was like five foot nine type thing, five foot ten. And oh, you're like so I could have taken him that. Oh, he was, I was like, you are going to die. Uh, but eventually got all under control. Um, so we didn't have any we didn't have any issues. You know, nobody everybody was really chill. Um, all the players got along, which was what I was really happy about. Um, we sold a lot of I mean, stuff. I would expect nothing less from a a smaller friendly, you know, convention. I mean, it's it, only once you start getting to be like, you know, five, six thousand people that the assholes start leaking in. Yeah. And there's really not much you can do about that. Tasers. Tasers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to see Jason Craze and Creature Caster. Um, he was really cool to talk to. I had a great time talking to him. Peter uh, and Jason are awesome people. Yeah. It was really nice. Uh, I know. He, uh, as uh, a sponsorship, he gave three sets of his paint to the Hobby Lounge, which I thought was an amazing thing to do. And I had a friend of mine, he was trying the paints out, and he he put like two of the test colors down, started using it, got a couple more test colors, started using it. He looked at me and said, fuck you, Gonzo, and went and bought the entire set. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go, that's kind of what it's for, dude. There. <laughs> Nice paints. He, I mean, that's, that's exactly what that's for. You're yeah. right. Uh, he ran out of his sets. So, you know, I thought that was a good thing. He sold them out. Um, sold some Creature Caster models. Um, everything went, it just went pretty dang smooth. I was really surprised. You know, I was, you're always going to be nervous because, I mean, one, it's my first time running an event and organizing it. And because, I mean, it, it, I mean, I went Not crazy. Not just an event, but an entire convention. Yeah, an entire convention. Uh, and putting people in the right spot and um, so on and so forth. Uh, but it, it went really, really well. I was kind of, you know, I was like, what's going on? You know, wh when's something bad going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Um, so when is, do you have dates for next year already? Um, we kind of do. We're waiting for the contract because the okay. contract they sent us uh, was not correct. 
Um, they had they had taken off two important things off the contract, and I says, "No, you need to put those back on um, because um, they are stuff that's you know important." Because you just on. need them. Yeah. 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 Uh, we are that's looking, fair. and they've already blocked us off that we are doing the sixth, seventh, and eighth of November. So the first official okay. weekend, the first weekend in November, is what we're looking at. Uh, so it's either going to be the same weekend as Game Hole Con or again the weekend after Game Hole Con. So chances I show up are slim. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just, just what we got to do because it's, it's yeah. that time. Um, Wait, you mean you're not scheduling your convention around me only? Negative. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it did really well. I was really happy. Um, it was really nice to see people. Uh, we are doing a new format to the Invitational next year uh, for the qualifiers and wild cards uh, for the thing because uh, everybody's asking for more events, and that means the format's got to change. It just has to. Um, so I'll be releasing the information on that. Um, I did get asked to be on a couple of podcasts to come and talk about everything that's going on, which I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, the guys from Minority Report are interviewing me on Monday, asking me some stuff, and I'm like, shit. I know Damon and other <laughs> crew, and I know they're going to give me shit, which is okay. Um, but uh, Engagement it, is engagement, yeah. as they say. Yeah, no, I yeah. love those guys. Those guys are my other great friends of mine. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it went really well. Um, everything ran smooth at the desk because they were, the desk crew were worried about, you know, it not going so smoothly. And I was like, no, here's everything. Y'all do what you want with it. Just get people in and out. But I'll tell you the coolest thing about the entire convention was Privateer Press. Um, in years past, Privateer Press showed up, did their thing, went home. Privateer Press this year was super cool to our attendees. Uh, not only, you know, they bring cool stuff people to buy. This was the first year that they gave something to the VIG swag bag. Um, they've never given anything. Um, and I thought that was extremely awesome. They gave it oh. away 100 uh, meat threshers. Uh, oh. <laughs> which I thought was, you know, it is a battle engine. Not everybody's going to use it. It's not everybody's thing. But they've never done that before. And I thought that was really cool. I wonder if it's because it's, it's your convention now. It's not a privateer press function uh i I don't i don't care i'm just glad that they did because yeah i think that's really cool yeah because they've never done that before and you know they've gone through a lot of changes lately and you know it's hard to win back people per se yeah Um, i think i just asked that because i know they do that they've been doing that as adepticon for a few years now yeah but, I mean, for them to do that for hours was really awesome of them. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot about the business. Um, I learned a lot about um, things that were going on in Privateer Press. I learned about different convention things that were happening. You know, it was it was a good experience, not only for me as a person, but also as a, a convention, you know, someone running a convention. Because I've already got ideas. Uh, we're looking at doing some cool things for next year. Uh, since we do have a bunch of games, we're looking on adding what's called Sigil Wars and our own Iron Arena for all games, not just Privateer Press games. So everybody you know, gets involved a bit more. Cool. Um, we're looking to do some fun stuff with that. Um, 
we just got a bunch of stuff that we want to do to get more people involved and where it starts to feel more like a gaming convention and not just, you know, something. I mean, we've already got plans because Warcaster is supposed to come out um, beginning of June, roughly, they said. That's when they were projected last time we've heard. And so it'll be out for about five or so months before it hits us. So we've got a plan for them. We're going to be building more scramble areas because that seems to be the shit. That seems what everybody likes to do. They just like, besides the one big tournament, they're like, after I do that, the next day, I don't want to do another big tournament. I just want to get like eight friends or yeah. hang out with eight people, play a quick tournament, go drink some beers over at Fuzzy, get some tacos, go take some painting classes, then come back on Socializing Sunday. Socializing can be underrated. There's people yeah. who have a tendency to overschedule their conventions so yeah. that they feel like they haven't had enough time to really just to downtime to hang out with the people that they don't get to see all the time. And it's nice to kind of remind people that, you know, you so, don't have to spend an entire day in a tournament room. Yeah. Um, there was a ton of Riot Quest played, and I mean a ton of Riot Quest was played um, throughout the entire convention, all over the place. And if there was a free table, people were playing it. That's cool. Which I thought was really good. Um I, I like that. Um, Mompok wasn't played as much, but it was still played um, type thing. Um, there was there was a lot going on. Uh, I told the people, you know, I had some locals come and I says, how do you like it? And they're like, this was really fun, Gonzo. We played our ass off. And I go, good, because that's what I wanted you to do. I didn't want you to go back to the store and go, I could have got this at the game store. I yeah, go, yeah. I want yeah. you to come here and as, play as many games as you possible and get burnt out technically if you know what i'm saying <laughs> um that was kind of my thing i don't ever want i don't ever want anybody to say that they were bored and didn't have something to do at the convention so i think i rambled Your enough it's looking good by the way i'm, I'm definitely going to be um doing a little bit of dry brush highlighting of yellow over the top of it uh, because i always like the way yellow looks over green um and stuff but yeah he's turned out pretty easy I wanted to get this stuff kind of painted as quick as possible because I think I'm going to be using it to do demos. And you know me, I'm not the greatest painter in the world, but I can make it at least look <laughs> decent. Xander just says, ha, 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 Kathy called it yellow. I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I now, I always, I always highlight yellow on top of green because it just, it just, that's how it's done. That's why I was wondering because of the properties of contrast paint to just show a little bit of the under you know the layer underneath if it was a light yellow like like bad moon yellow john knows what color i'm talking about oh, when yeah. i say bad moon yellow a really light yellow and then just did your your green over that then it would have that it would have that yellowishness to the highlights already but, yeah, I find I'm yeah, looking at whatever. contrast paints as more of a uber wash rather than a full full coat. So I want, I want something below them. Interest that interesting that you mentioned that because I I used uh, on my stream this last week I used the contrast snake bite leather. Uh, Jim Jim just got it and handed it to me. I actually stole it from him. Uh, but I had these crazy hyena things. I had these these orcs, these mounted orcs, and 
um, I wanted to use the contrast leather mixed with a couple other colors. So I basically used it like a glaze medium, mm-hmm. kind of like they usually use the Vallejo glaze medium. Only since it's a color, it also tinted the other color that I was using. Because I'm like, how can I make this dark and then also thin it down? And then also I'm doing a sort of a, a glaze, not quite a wash, you know, but just a shade on this thing. And so I mixed that with my other paint and it worked really well as just sort of a glaze medium. Yeah, I think you get like the green... Even though I, I knew as soon as the green went on, I'm like, I'm going to do a dry brush of yellow over it to make it you know pop a little bit. But it gets the basics of what I want. I just want a decent looking model that I can put yeah. on the table and play and paint because I think this is one of the armies I'm taking to Adepticon. And I need yeah. to get started on all my Adepticon stuff. Um, <laughs> I think uh, for this year for Adepticon, I'm going to be playing uh, Marvel Crisis and maybe Judgment. Uh, leave my War Machine and stuff at home this year. Just because, you know, I play that a lot and I want to play a little bit smaller. I want to bring a fewer amount of things to Adepticon this year. Yes. So. Every time I bring a game to Adepticon, I end up never playing it. So I am not rushing to paint anything for Adepticon. Because every year that I rush to finish something for Adepticon, I end up not playing it. Oh, really? Yeah, every single time. <laughs> I did it with Guild Ball. I did it with uh, Kill Team. I did it with uh, Necromunda. I did it with Aeronautica back. I mean, before Aeronautica, not now Aeronautica, but like way back in the day. <laughs> My friends are like, oh, yeah, we'll play this. And so I get stuff painted, and then no, it never happens. You never get time to. You're always hanging out in Fort Wapple. Among other places, yeah. In the Wapples of the Forts. We, uh, I do a lot of socializing, surprisingly. What? Not you. (laughs) I I end up spending a lot of time up in the bar, oddly enough. I think that's where most of the artists live, is right underneath the stairs or at the bar. Yeah. I kind of like that we're underneath the stairs. It's always like, so where's Fort Wapple? What do you mean by this hobby lounge? And I'm like, it's under the escalators. Right, right, like right where all the the hobby seminar rooms are, are right in that area. So it totally makes sense. But, yeah. It's, it's uh, media time. Is it really? Dang it. All right, hold on yes, a second. Let yes, me get this. it is. Here, I'm gonna continue to work on this while uh, while we do that because I got. I'm gonna, I'm is it gonna, gonna be? A, is it gonna be a rusty manhole cover? Yes, I'm working up the. I want. I want the. I want the Excellent. edge to be gray. Uh, to be the silver, but I'm gonna do. Uh, the Just paint death that note. shit an orangey brown color, and you know, then throw a throw a brown over it. Done. I mean, if you speed paint. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a color I really like for that, and it's not oh Xander it. met Xander met Mike Disney. Oh my gosh, Mike is such a friend of mine. Yeah. I love Mike Disney. He is a character, and he has a a stream on Twitch that he normally does in the mornings, and I absolutely love it. I always have it on when I'm doing stuff in the mornings. Yeah, Mike Disney was there. Yeji Kim. 
uh, Kevin Fannin, Chris Surrey, um, Lynn Stahl. Um, I think that was it. Laura Painters. Also, I'll shout out, and I, I don't know how to actually do it in the stream, but Art of Mike Disney, I'll type it in. I don't know how to do a shout out. <laughs> um, but there was plenty of people. It's, we had good artists. A lot of people were very, very happy with that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are like, thank you for doing painting classes at this because it now gives me something to do when my husband's playing games. And I'm like, you're welcome. They're like, thank you for thinking of us. And I'm like, well, we're going to do it again next year, so be prepared. So, uh, media section, John, how many you got? Uh, two. I have about five, but I know one of them we're going to discuss together, which is, no surprise, The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And, and my other one John is, and I. have one in common. Did you yes. Mandalorian too? <laughs> <laughs> and it, right? And I have two other ones. <laughs> what, what the shit's going on here? I know. Oh, my God. Did I miss anything in here? Uh, actually, technically, I do have another one beyond that. I forgot I watched that, too. I have one, two, three, four, five that are not the one, not Mandalorian. So I have six technically. Wow. And I have four total, which is just, usually I have none or one. So, you know. You gotta space that out a little better, Kathy. I mean, I, right? Well, anytime I hang out with Jen, we tend to just watch stuff at her house so because like she got the disney plus thing of course and i didn't so we watched disney plus things and one of my things is uh one of my things is a podcast oh oh yeah okay uh i'll go with something and i'll go with something it'll be something pretty quick i got i got a couple that are pretty quick um, I watched the new episodes of the toys that made us. Um, it's a series on Netflix about the toys and how they got made and why they got made. Uh, this season it was wrestling toys, my little pony. Um, and oh crap. What was the other one? Um, power Rangers and something Those else. Those all seem related somehow. Well, it was interesting because they were talking about the Power Rangers and they were talking about how Power Rangers, you know, it was a toy line. You know, when the toy line came out, it made it, you know, it seemed oh, yeah. bigger. Oh, well, yeah. Was, wasn't it a Bandai thing yes. back in the day? Well, yeah. yeah. And, and they, then they just made a show about it. Yeah, because they were talking to some of the actors in the show and they were like, it was weird filming it because we were supposed to act like this giant ball monster was coming towards us and we had to, you know, pretend certain ways. And I was like, because it's a splice of two shows. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it was American interesting. reshoots with the original Japanese. Yeah. Um, that is so bizarre. But, I mean, overall, it was a good show. Uh, if you like to know how toys were made and who did the designing and why they happened and the failure and successes of everything, it's, it's kind of neat. There's quite a few seasons of it. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, so I'm not going to give it really any ratings. because it was just kind of fun. Or you can just watch Toy Galaxy on YouTube. Yeah. He does the same thing. Oh, does he? Yeah. Uh, like the history of a, of a toy line. He'll go toy line by toy line. No, don't go wrestling toy. He'll go WWF wrestling toys back in the day. He'll do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. 
Um, then I watched it uh, came on Netflix called Claws, and it's really called Klaus. And uh, okay, like Santa. Yes. Claus. Yeah. Claus. I've seen. I've seen the. Yeah. It's been. They're pushing it. Yeah, they're pushing it pretty hard. Um, right. And I watched it, and it's kind of a new telling of. Ooh, that's really really dark. It's kind of a new telling of Santa Claus in a way. Um, it was all right. It was okay. I really like the artwork. I really like the art of the. Um, was it what was show? it cartoony or yes. was it real or cartoon? Uh, okay. The cartoon of it was really neat. It was really interesting cartoon work, uh, and the way it was done, I was really happy with that. The story was just okay, um, but there were some pretty funny parts and you know pretty cool things that happened in it. Um, it was more of a more realistic view of Santa Claus, how Santa Claus became Santa Claus, than anything else. Um, but I really, huh. really, really liked the the art style and the animation. It was really good. Uh, really happy with that. Um, it was just really cool. Story, meh. But it was okay. Uh, maybe give it like two space herpes. I wouldn't go any further than that, though. But it was good. I enjoyed it. I'll, you know, I'm definitely going to give it as one of the things for my kids to watch on, you know, one of their Fridays. So. Maybe um, when it gets closer to Christmas. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, I know we're going to gush a lot on Mandalorian and talk a lot about that. So I'm kind of trying to give us enough room. Uh, I'm going to tell you something that I thought was going to be a piece of shit show. Turned out to be one of the most fun shows I've seen in a long fucking time. Uh, it's also came on Netflix, uh, called Green Eggs and Ham. Um, it is a TV series. Um, about the two characters, Sam I Am and Guy I Am, from the Green, Am, Green Eggs and Ham uh-huh. book. <laughs> and uh, voices is Mike Douglas, Keenan Michael. Um, I mean, there's a whole plethora of characters in there that are, you know, Eddie Izzard is in it. Um, oh, Wayans' brother is in it? Yeah, well, it must be funny. Um, it is one of the funniest shows I've seen in a while. They had some very good writing. They had some great... Um, fourth wall breaking type stuff. Like there was one time the guy was like held up his hands to look through his eyes as like goggles and it actually, you know, <laughs> zoomed in, but it got kind of fuzzy. So he took his hands and wiped the front of his hands off and then looked through it again and it came up clear. And I was like, holy shit, that's funny. And, you know, it was just a lot of breaking, you know, these barriers and doing stuff. And it was, I mean, it was just hilarious. The show, the art's really good. It's very Susie, if you want to call it. Very Dr. Seuss. Seussian? Yeah, Seussian, I guess is what okay. it is. Um, very, 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 very good. Uh, I was very surprised at how well it was. I was. I was expecting crap. Because, I mean, how do you turn a book into, you know, a TV series? Uh, I think it's like eight episodes or more. Uh, and they plan on a season two. Um, but... The rhyming was really good. Very Dr. Seuss rhyming. Um, very Dr. Seuss world. Um, the characters were funny. The characters were good. They were relatable. They were... It, it was... A damn good TV show. Um, a lot of weird things happened in it. And you're like, that's funny as shit. 
Um, can't do it without kind of breaking a lot of it because there's a lot of, you know, story. But even the narrator of the story plays with the audience as you're watching it. And they're like, I bet you didn't see that coming. And just, you know, plays off of stuff, which was really good. Um, highly, highly recommend you just watch it. It's listed as like TY7, but it is super freaking good. Um, it was, it wasn't slow. I didn't, you know, didn't have to worry about it. I really liked it. Uh, I give it one space herpes cause you're probably like, uh, green eggs and ham, um, whatever. But I mean, overall it was just a good TV show. Um, so definitely go watch it and go see it. Definitely give that one props up. There was a lot of good comedy in it. Um, right. type thing. It, 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 it was a very much a surprise hit for me. Um, so I really, 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 really enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next, can't wait for next season. Cause it's already great. I binged it. Of course. <laughs> uh, I binged well, it while I, I was so. building stuff. I will talk about Equilo, which is the sort of storytelling podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to a storytelling podcast since, uh, welcome to night Vale, which I loved the first, I don't know, 50 episodes of that and then I kind of just fell off like I got busy with life and then I never got back to it but uh, this show called Ache Willow A-C-H-E is in heartache and Willow is in the tree Gotcha. Uh, is a storytelling podcast by J.F. Dubow and it's narrated by Amy Frost and I know her uh, Dubow and Amy Frost both come to Adepticon every year <laughs> So, I know them, um, but mostly Amy. And so, J.F. Dubow writes the story, and Amy is the narrator of the story. So she is, you know, she kind of puts you into the character of uh, the main character and this girl's adventure through. So she, the girl's from Montreal, do. She's a Dufour, you know, because French. And uh, so she runs on hard times and she ends up inheriting this, this nebulous cafe in this tiny, tiny town of Vermont, which kind of straddles the border of Vermont and Canada. And... And she has to figure out uh, what to do about all of this. But it's it has this sort of weird undertone. And there's, there's this sort of hint of murder. You know, there's like, like on the news, another body is found in, you know, near this town of Aquillow. And so there's three episodes of it. It's just starting out, this podcast. Um, So I've listened to the first three episodes, and I have absolutely been sucked in, and I cannot wait for the next episode to happen. And uh, just sort of mysterious and quirky and funny, and all of those things are things that I like. And this sort of hint of mystery or supernatural maybe you don't know yet because it's still early in the, the, in the story yeah so i 
I'm recommending people give that a listen. And that one, of course, is on all the, you know. All the streaming you, platforms. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen to that one on SoundCloud, so. But yeah, I'll type it into the chat here in case anyone cares. And I spelled it wrong, so, you know. You'll try again? I'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Ake Willow, so go and Google that because you'll get to the... You'll get to the uh, podcast at some point. Search it on Facebook. You'll find their Facebook page, and in that will be a link. Because there isn't any other Eek Willow Facebook page. So that's my, that's my half-assed review of Eek Willow, the storytelling podcast. What's your uh, second one before we get to the shared ones? Because I can put my third one off. Uh, I watched, uh, after The Mandalorian, we watched Deadpool 2. Oh, you hadn't seen that before? No, I hadn't seen that one. Okay. I had seen the first one, and I hadn't seen two yet. So we watched that, and I laughed my ass off the whole time. After it was done, we were singing the ball song. So, <laughs> now, you know. Did you notice the music when they had the juggernaut there? I didn't notice in the theater because it was, you know, exciting. <laughs> and, but when I watched it again at my buddy Marshall's house, I'm like, oh, God, that music when the juggernaut. Yeah, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that it's, was good. It's, that's a pretty funny movie. I, I feel like I need to see it again to really appreciate all the things that are going on in it. But it, I, I just, I'm amused by it. I just, I like the first one. I like the second one. It was like the first one. So why wouldn't I like it? I am not the person who examines the deeper meaning of a movie. <laughs> The only possible complaint I've heard about the second one is that they fridge the girlfriend early. Oh, yeah. You can see that. And, and I understand that's a problem. It happens in a lot of movies, but... See, for me, I don't have any, you know... I don't have any real experience with reading the comics or anything, so I had no expectations whatsoever. I don't know anything about the backstory of Deadpool, oh, so... She I has nothing care. to do with Deadpool. She's, like, not involved in the comics at all. Okay. It's just that people I heard complain were upset because they like they fridged her early and they thought that was a mistake. I'm like, eh, I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of why he's kind of doing the stuff that he's doing in the the whole rest of the movie. Well, at the end of the day, he is in a violent profession and he is not entirely there. It was not. I don't know. Everyone thinks they were going to have this idyllic end happy. Their story was not going to end happy. I'm oh sorry. yeah, God no, <laughs> no. But you know, it's reassuring at the end that you know, yeah, someday I mean, eventually. Unless, unless you go to the end, end, and maybe he actually saved her. Oh, yeah, we'll it. only find out in Deadpool five. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get a Deadpool 3 Because that's all under uh, The mouse has got all of that now Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see Still uh, But the next one we talk about doesn't have anything to do with the mouse Unlike the last one And that is Kathy and I saw Midway Yes not together because he lives In Maryland and I live in Chicago Yeah and that would have made me get home Even later from the movie than I did <laughs> Yeah and, you know, yeah. That is so sad that you saw the late show, and I couldn't believe the miracle that my friend was like, "We'll get tickets for the six thirty p.m. show." So as soon as I was done with my my streaming, 
on Friday night. We were on our way to the theater. And Jim, my husband, is loves history. He loves military history in particular. Just for fun, he just has, like, history documentaries playing in the background when we're painting miniatures. Um, so he very much was of the... I really hope this isn't like Pearl Harbor mindset. It is considerably less Hollywood than Pearl Harbor. Yeah. He was it is like, still a little Hollywood at points. It, I mean, it has to be. It has to be at points. And, and at the end, when it showed the director was Roland Emmerich, I'm like, oh, all of this shit makes sense now, because that's classic how he did Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow, and how he does his big... All of his movies are like disaster movies. No matter what the actual plot is, they run like that. All these people coming together to make things happen. Disaster movies. Ah, okay. But ah, uh, you know. And then so on top of that, the very next day, I was I was flipping through the channels in the morning, and so it's it's Saturday morning, and Pritzker Military Library is on, and that's a local show here. Because we have the Pritzker Military Library in Chicago. So they always have somebody come and give a talk, give a lecture, right? And this one happened to be a guy who had written a book called Battle of Midway. I'm pretty sure that was planned. And uh, no, this is this has to have been recorded long before the movie. Because oh, okay. he, never, so, so, so. Gotcha. he never mentions the movie in this entire thing. So I'm like, God, I wonder when this was made. But it makes sense that they're actually playing it again yeah, playing on my local when, PBS yeah. station. Because it's a PBS thing. Because um, you should replay that stuff when the interest gets high. Yeah. So, it, But it was interesting, the, the things that he was saying and how much that kind of, you know, was like the this particular version of Midway. It had. It was nothing like the old 1970s Battle of Midway show, which was terrible. Yes, it was. <laughs> this, this was pretty good. The CGI was was reasonably solid. The historical accuracy was reasonably solid. Uh, uh, the acting jobs. Now I'm gonna. There's an asterisk nexus. There's a certain asterisk, but I mean, there's a lot of great actors on this. Uh, Patrick Wilson, who played the intelligence guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's been in uh, Watchmen and Aquaman. Is that the... <laughs> the glasses. Was that the guy who played Layton? Yes. Layton, yes. Layton was the, the Army Intelligence guy, or the Navy <laughs> Intelligence guy. Yep, that's him. I thought he was great. I mean, Woody Harrelson was great. Um, was it... Uh, Ms. Quaid was, was great as, as Halsey... Most of the other actors were really solid or great at their roles, with the exception of Ed Screen, who plays the main quote-unquote character. Um, and he's just not lead actor material. Dick Best, that guy? Yeah, yeah. you're playing Dick Best was not... I don't, I don't think he was bad, but I don't think he was good enough to lead the movie, to be the main focus most of the time. You know? I just don't... I think he was. Yeah, I don't think there. he was bad. I mean, maybe he could have. Maybe he could have been, but he was supposed it, to be a cocky son of a bitch, and he and he. I mean, he acted like a cocky son of a bitch. He, through half the movie, I think toward, towards the beginning, he just felt fake. 
and then later in the movie, maybe he grew on me or whatever, he felt better but still a little off. He was almost too cliche at points. And maybe he really was that way. I don't know. I know he was a cocky son of a bitch, but it just I didn't feel like he was a good lead actor. On the other hand, Aaron Eckhart for his, you know, five minutes of role as uh, Colonel Doolittle, I'd watch a movie based around Oh, <laughs> the, they, they could easily make a whole nother movie out of the Doolittle raid. And I thought Aaron Eckhart did a great job in the limited screen time he did. Like I said, Dennis Quaid was great. Um, uh, Woody Harrelson's always great. Patrick Wilson's great. Most of the, of the, the crew was great. Uh, Luke Evans was, was absolutely fine. Other thing that's interesting is, now I only noticed one actor, but Jim noticed three actors that were also in Man in the High Castle. Huh. I haven't seen Man in the High Castle, so I wouldn't notice, but overall I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, I didn't feel like it was is a little bit of pacing issues, but nothing too crazy. Um, but overall pretty enjoyable. I, I, I would have made some different choices myself, but enjoyable. I think if you guys like military history and World War II naval in, in particular, it is one of the more interesting stories, and it doesn't focus just on the Battle of Midway. It's sort of yeah. it's sort of Pearl Harbor 2 there, but sort of like... But there's absolutely no uh, gratuitous romantic shit going no, on no. in this. No, gratuitous so... <laughs> no, nothing. Everything really... felt like it should be there, just pace, the pacing was maybe just a little bit off. Do you feel like he was just a little fast going through some of the events leading up to the fast main battle? Some of them, slow through others, not focusing on the right stuff at the right time. Like they have, they start, like it's like one of those movies where they start subplots and it's sort of like, yeah, we just left it all. Obviously, they were aiming. Obviously, the full version of this movie is like four hours long or some such shit. Yeah, it would be like it would be like Lord of the Rings, how they you know chose to leave certain things out of it because exactly you know you can't put every single thing in. Yeah, they put too much. They put stuff in like they were gonna like when they brought up the Yorktown and needing you know weeks of uh, you know of uh, fixing to go out again, and then it's suddenly showing up there. They didn't. That was like what's going on. If you don't know the actual history of that. It's like a weird point that they like you shouldn't need to know that the Yorktown was in dry dock until just you know a week before or whatever. Well, or actually, what happened is Yorktown literally like forty eight hours was out again with the workers from dry dock still on board doing repairs as they were sailing. Yeah, but that makes that sinking the Yorktown during the Battle of Midway much a little bit more sad because they had a ton of guys still on it. So, I mean, I, I think they could have played that differently. But overall, it's still a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I give it, hey, one and a half, two space herpes. It's definitely not the best military movie, but it's far, far from the worst. It's it, yeah, definitely in the upper half of it. I just, a couple minor things that not everyone's going to find the same problem with. But I hardly recommend it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Jim enjoyed it. I... And I'm always like, if Jim enjoys a movie that we go see, I'm surprised. Because... Especially if he's a military he, history buff and watching military history movies, you got to be careful because some of those Exactly. Are. And he's like, he's like, oh my God, the CGI for, you know, the way that they, they made all the ships, those were the ships that were there. He could name all the different types of ships that were there. And he's like, yes, yes. It's, this is... You know, and I'm looking at him, and and I'm like, wait, did this happen? 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, this is, and like, he's whispering into my ear, like, and this is why this, you know, like, all right. That seems like it'd be a a good view with him, like, afterwards on, like, video or something. Yes. Oh, I'm sure we'll probably be seeing that if it comes to Netflix or something. (laughs) But yeah, I, if you're interested in military history and, and want to know more about the Battle of Midway, it, it really is quite close to what yeah, happened it's, certainly closer than any other thing that's been put out. It's as close as you're going to get from a movie. Yeah. Did they We're mention everything? Yep. No, they yep. couldn't mention everything in just a couple hours. No, I mean there's a lot of little stuff. They took some liberties. They went off what people think happened because I mean, again, you guys got to realize this is 70 plus years ago. Records are not necessarily 100. percent yeah. Well, I mean, they, they still have the naval archives and everything, but um, the little of- raid being in there is something that was instrumental in laying the groundwork. Mm-hmm. If if it had been for the Doolittle raid, then you know other things wouldn't have happened. It's so hard to to paint the entire you know Pacific battle you know around one you know Pacific campaign around one battle, but. Midway is as close as you can do to doing that. I feel like, yeah, it's the turning point of the Pacific War. Absolutely. It's it's when it's when the Americans stop, you know, running. You know, they get to start pressing the advantage all okay. of a sudden instead of, you know, just kind of reacting to anything the Japanese did. Yep. So. Anyways, so we're anything else we're talking? We want to talk about the Mandalorian, and we have like two minutes, four minutes. Mandalorian. <clears throat> John, go with your rant. Uh, my first rant is, you fuckers, stop spoiling it for people. Not everyone can go on Disney Plus immediately and watch that shit. I know you're just excited and you're putting pictures up, but think about the pictures you're putting up before then. You're kind of spoiling the first episode, and you guys need to stop. If this shit was Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead at its highlight, you'd get lynched immediately. <laughs> people are being nice, but, but, but slow that shit down. You can do a spoiler, do the whole thing where you, you've got to scroll through to see that it, oh, it's spoiler. Okay, cool, I won't take a look. But there are just pictures there that I saw on just Crescent Cruising. It didn't ruin, but when I got to the point, I'm like, oh, I know what's that. Because I'd already seen pictures. And no, it's not a big deal. I just, you know, I didn't have a chance to watch anything until Friday or Saturday. So, I mean, plenty of spoilers there. So, <clears throat> so stop that. Watch the spoilers. Be nice. Yes. And the second one comes to sort of in the review point, because I have two rants. Second rant is, everyone says, this is the best Star Wars since the mouse took over. Just fucking check that shit at the door. Check that shit at the door. The Mandalorian is good. Absolutely. But if this is the most Star Wars you've felt since, since Disney took over, I'm thinking you ain't watched a goddamn thing. Because... The Force Awakens was Star Wars as hell. It was so Star Wars, people said it was fucking derivative of Star Wars. Like, as in The New Hope directly. So, you gotta check some of that shit. Put your fucking... I don't know. Put your nerd fucking dick away and just enjoy <laughs> some shit. Yeah, and this was... I, there's a deeper reason why people might be saying that. I don't want to go into that because it's a whole other bag of worms. And yes, this is very good. I don't feel like it's any more or less Star Wars than anything than maybe, say, Rogue One that was kind of Star Wars, but more of a military movie Star Wars, which is fine. 
that's cool. And just because something doesn't conform to your narrow view of what Star Wars should be doesn't mean people aren't enjoying it. Doesn't mean it isn't Star Wars. So check that shit. Just 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 enjoy your stuff. Be like, oh, I really enjoy the, the you know the Mandalorian. It's a, it, I've enjoyed it the most of anything that's come out recently. That's all you gotta say. You don't gotta piss on other people's enjoyment of stuff because then you just start fights. You don't want to start fights. So check that shit. Let's check about. Let's talk about what we liked about the Mandalorian. Aliens. Aliens, aliens everywhere. Yeah, lots of aliens. Aliens doing just stuff, not just uh, also of aliens. Aliens. Crazy uh, familiar ones where I was like, wait a minute, was that guy at Mos Eisley? The, the, yeah, stuff like that. You know, was that guy at Jabba's Palace? Yeah. Or that yeah. race in Jabba's Palace? Absolutely. Stuff like also, that. Also, that Nick Nolte was that one guy just um, cool. cracked me up. Nick I, Nolte I, I is cool. It. I was like, wait, Nick Nolte is in this? Wait, which guy is he? He's an alien. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of cool little world-building stuff that's very cool. Um, somehow, for a half-an-hour episodes or so, it doesn't feel like half an hour. It feels enough. It really did feel like more than a half an hour. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with having that. Having finished off Jack Ryan recently, some of those episodes felt like they were dragging a little bit. This the, the first two here because I watched them back to back didn't feel like they were dragging at all. Felt like enough. It was good storytelling and good visual storytelling too. It felt like Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars, but didn't have the oh, it must have a Jedi Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? I exactly. I kind of wish they had, and maybe I missed something. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I was distracted by a cat or something. Um, but I didn't know the timeline of it. Oh. And I didn't know, like, what what planet... It's post-Return of the Jedi. Things were on, you know? What's the thing? Well, I finally kind of figured it out because, you know... Yeah, someone posted a, a, a whole timeline on Facebook recently where it's like, this stuff takes place in this, this yeah. area. So it's the yeah. end of what they call the Age of Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't was, say yeah. what planet it is though. They haven't said what planet it is yet. Um Yeah, I might just because it's not really important. No, but some people were like, oh, what planet it's is not this? all the same planet either though, cuz when they pick up the one guy, yeah. I I got the impression that was a different planet than but Yeah, there were no two. hyperspace scenes, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you don't need to necessarily show the guy traveling through space again. No. As long well, as he gets from here to there, it's like showing it's, a guy getting visual. into the car and getting getting to the place he's driving. But it's good visual storytelling to show him the hyperspace. Like, okay, he's in some place that's not local to where he's going. Maybe uh -huh. he's local. Maybe they're keeping it vague for a reason. Maybe that is just ex expensive expenses they don't need to do. <laughs> Which I can because yeah. the overall visual effects is pretty solid. I saw a couple things and I was like, that's not quite movie level, but for Christ's sakes, it's a TV show. I ain't upset at all. Right. Yeah, there was very there was very few things. As someone said, what did I like about it? I says, there were some things I can go, oh, this is a TV show, but I mean, it's nitpicking type thing. It's not, yeah. not bad. It's just kind of nitpicking like, oh, <laughs> I could tell this was kind of a TV show at a couple of points. <laughs> I have more complaints about people commenting on it, and they're being positive. It's all positive. Did yeah. they? Did they say? I can't believe there's squig hoppers in this show. Because <laughs> that's what I said. Well, and what's like, funny is 
Those squigs are actually from the Clone Wars, I think is where they originally started. Was the Clone Wars where they started showing those? Oh, see, so I never watched the Clone Wars because, well, I never did. Well, I found out, well, I watched this Easter egg thing on the first two episodes to kind of see, you know, if there was something I missed or something cool or whatever, but they kind of explained because they were like, it's not on Tatooine because... Tatooine doesn't have a lot of rain, and then there was a rain scene, and you know there was there were different things that they were just commenting on why they think it's not in this area or this area or That's that area. That's why I, I did the same thing because at first I was like, oh, is it on Tatooine because of you know the desert, this and this, and then there was the the ice thing, and I was like, okay, no. No, there's, there's, we don't know exactly, but they think it's not Tatooine because of what we've seen so far. Um, mm-hmm. There's, okay, we're not going to do any spoilers, uh, but the ending of the first episode was really interesting. There's a lot of theory crafting well, going on. We've that out already, so. Yeah, but we're not going to do that. No. So. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I only saw the first episode. I didn't see the second one. Uh but yeah, I liked it. I I just basked in the Star Wars universe. I soaked it all in. I said, "Oh look, they have squigs." But still, a lot know, of good world building there. A lot of good yeah, filling in stuff. I maybe they came it. before that. Maybe they confirmed like, "Oh, this is actually legit now." Because people forget that there's a whole big area of what used to be canon that has been thrown out the window. That is now what we call legends and not canon. Yeah, so there's people making certain assumptions about what things are based on their their head canon, where it's not necessarily part of the official universe anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really liked it. It has a very Star Wars Western feel about it, if you want to say Mm -hmm. that. Um, Oh my god, it's funny you should say that because the entire time the Mandalorian would be saying stuff, I was like, it's like Clint Eastwood in Wagon Train. <laughs> or no, in Rawhide. Well, there's another pe- movie people are likening it to or lo- that kind of that sort of thing. I'm not going to say what it is because it would spoil things, but uh, it is funny and eventually it'll be far enough past that we'll we'll talk about it again, but... Uh, right now, I would say watch it. Get your free week of Disney Plus. You can get two through episodes, or you wait till it all comes out. But that's going to be like January, and then you can get your free week and watch it all in a week. Because I'm in half an hour episodes. It's only going to be like eight or nine episodes, something like that. Yeah, I think it's eight or nine. But I mean, overall, it was. It felt like Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars. It was Star Wars. So it wasn't, you know, anything. It, it, it wasn't. Bad. It wasn't good. I'll tell you. I want what IG eighty one or whatever his name is. I oh, like that yeah. character. That character was amazing. Was it IG eleven or IG eleven? IG eight was the the original Empire Strikes Back one. Yeah. But yeah, whatever whatever this IG unit was, I liked that character. Um, oh, it was uh, Taiki Watiti from uh, Thor's Dark World fame or Thor uh, Ragnarok fame. Yeah, I want more of him. Um. I can't wait to see, you know, because there's also some other cast members like, uh, uh, what's her face? The uh, UFC fighter. She's in it, and we haven't seen her yet. Ronda uh, Rousey? No, uh, the brunette. Oh, um, Gina Carino? Yes. Uh, she's in it, and I can't wait to see what she's going to do because, I mean, yeah. 
it seems like it's going to be really cool. I mean, from the trailers and, uh, and such. Uh, the woman from uh, who played, uh, okay, what's her name? From uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which one? Uh, the one who played the, the Chinese one. Oh, uh, yes, I know you're talking about. I didn't know I she was. I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in forever, but that's going to change soon because apparently Disney Plus. Yep. Because <laughs> they're going to be taking it over. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great, it was a great start. Um, Carl, Carl Weathers, yeah. to see him in something again. I love seeing, seeing Werner Herzog in anything because he's got such a sinister fucking voice. <laughs> just such delivery. He's just like, he's not even necessarily being evil. You're like, that motherfucker sounds evil. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it thoroughly. I mean, Can't wait for the next episode. First episode was just building, uh, building the main character, building a little bit of the world around him, and you know, throwing in a plot point and, and building the Mandalorian up because we all think we know what, what Mandalorian yeah. is. But oh, you, you mean like the uh, the tribe itself? Yes. Mm. Yeah. I have absolutely no preconception because I never saw any of the other stuff related to Mandalorians aside from Boba Fett. So I have no, no idea, no expectations. Watch Rebels or uh, Clone Wars to get any of that. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't. So I mean, that. Was so good. I am blissfully ignorant and watching this and absorbing it and enjoying it. Oh no, it's it's very cool though. I am looking forward to next episode myself. Yep. All right. Give me one second. No! <laughs> That's it! We done! No, I got more paint on my brush. Hold on! I, I just spoke. I'll give my one last review. I watched the live action of Lady and the Tramp. Um, oh. It was good, but there was no need to make it. I mean, duh. Well, there was a no. need. The mouse needs right. more money. Correct. But it's on no. Disney+, Plus, so I have no clue why. But it was good. If you like Disney, if you like Lady and the Tramp, you'll like the live action version. It was alright. It was it was done well enough that it didn't look bad, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Hulk is pretty much done for the most part. And gotta, Hulk looks good. Looks I gotta good. do some other stuff to him and clean His him up. His hair could be a little darker, but you know. Yeah, that was I'm that just, contrast black. I'm just picky. I'm just picky. Did it come in? I got the, it's autofocus, so. Oh, that's the first thing I turn off. I, I just fuck you autofocus. Turn that shit off. Yeah, I need to fix that. But I installed the new camera so I can fix that. So, guys, hey. thank you a lot for joining us. Thank you for coming for our 100th episode. Um, see you all later. I'm Gonzo. I'm still Kathy. And I'm Gonzo. <laughs> and I'm John. And I'm Gonzo. I'm still Kathy. I'm but Gonzo. Yeah. I'm Spartacus.